A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Hello there, my name's Lottie. I'm with Dylan, as always. How you doing, Dylan? Fantastic, mate. How you going? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Dylan, can you please tell me what the I Miss You Man story is? Well, mate, I'll start with the dream that I had one night that we had a podcast and by golly, we made it a reality, didn't we? We sure did. And it's where, oh, mate, and you know what we do here? We yeah. take each other on a journey each week. Could be about anything. Life, pop culture, everything in between. Dylan, this week I'm driving the submarine with this periscope and you're one of the guys <laughs> you checking the radar. Don't drive submarines with periscopes, can I say that? <laughs> well, I'm driving charge of it and I'm walking with the periscope looking through. You're in the corner, you've got a radar, you're like watching things come closer to us, you're telling me what's going on with that. You have the periscope, you know, you're the one seeing stuff. I'm seeing stuff close. You're seeing stuff far away in the radar. Okay, team effort. Fair team enough. effort. Yeah. We're a goddamn team is what I've written here. Um, <laughs> so life, pop culture, everything in between. Sometimes you don't know what's happening. Sometimes you do. This time you, you've got a pretty good idea but because I gave you some homework, Dylan. Yeah, basically a joint episode, this one, I think, unless I've been pranked. I'm sure it's coming at some point. <laughs> Not today, Dylan. We're talking about okay. rivalries, which is what I told you we were no going way. to be talking about. Um, Hello. You know, sometimes friends, sometimes family, sometimes you straight up enemies, sometimes whole countries have rivalries, Dylan. I don't think there's anything out there that's not susceptible to a rivalry. Yeah, pretty much. And I hope you've got lots of examples ready to go. Okay, because I've got heaps here. I have you. Okay, cool. I have you. Um, so my starting off point for this episode, Dylan, is that the time of recording, we're a few days out from the big one, the State of Origin Decider. 2022 there's been one there's been two games so far one game each Queensland South Wales the last game will decide the winner it hasn't occurred obviously it's in the future at time of recording at time of um, presentation though you'll know the answer have to assume Queensland's won the game mm. <laughs> um, but we'll see long time listeners well, will know. remember last year weren't they we did an episode about State oh. of Origin mate and, and what, what, what a glorious time we had what fun it was a good time. So get amongst that episode where we look at the 2006 um, series. I've got a few I want to do as well in, in, in the history of State of Origin, but time sort of ran against me this year. I ran out of time. Um, but in honour of the big occasion, Dylan, let's talk about some rivalries. Um, Just rivalries broadly. Because Queensland is in the State of Origin is pretty much the biggest rivalry in sport down here in Australia, I'd say. Yeah, down here, yeah, for yeah, sure. Down here, Absolutely. for sure. Um, and it's got, got all the great elements of a rivalry. We'll go through some of them now. Okay. It's got a long-running history. It's based around a sporting competition. Not every rivalry is based around sport, but it you know a lot of them are. It is pretty pretty common. 
Certainly can't hurt. <laughs> exactly. I would say it's a healthy way to deal with aggressive behaviour in a population. Mm, you know, you sort of get things, you know, running out on the field rather than running into each other on the streets, you know. Sure. Um, quite competitive. So there is often a winner and a loser and that, that trades places over time, not just one person winning all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. The combatants are sworn enemies, but they also occupy a lot of each other's time and attention. I think in state of Roger in particular, it brings Queensland and New South Wales together, even as we are fighting each other in this sporting competition, you know? Like, do we have much to care about Western Australia or Tasmania? No. But New South Wales, <laughs> we're always thinking about them, aren't we? We've always got something going on. It, it, and it bleeds out in other things too. It helps with the next to each other or whatever, but still, I feel like it does bring us closer together than other states in Australia. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Um there are people and teams actually involved in the contest, but it also spreads out wider as well. So you've got the players here and the team actually a part of it, but it spreads out to every other person in Queensland, New South Wales, you know? And that happens lots of rivalries. It can just not be the people who are part of it, but it spreads out wider and wider. Yeah. Other people are invested. Exactly right. And it's very important, but it's also generally not life and death. And I think that's a good rivalry... When you're not, like, things are on the line, but they're not on the line. You know what I mean? Okay, so you don't want it all on the line. Well, I feel like... You don't want lives at stake. I think sometimes that can can transcend. The rivalry makes it a bit more complex if it is about actual... Like, the war or something, or if it's a, you know, straight-out bigotry. That doesn't seem like it's a rivalry. That seems like it's something else entirely, you know? Yeah, a bit bit much, you reckon? (laughs) can get a bit much, you know? Um, sure. As we said up top, though, Dylan, rivalries come in all shapes and sizes. And as we go through to our topics today, we're going to talk about our own experiences of rivalries, um, the elements of good rivalry, as you just mentioned, instead of origin, but also, you know, some other things, uh, the different types of rivalries. We've got some examples, plenty of examples, both real and fictional. Um, and we've been, I've even gone out to some of our friends in the I Miss You Man uh, wider universe and see what they reckon about rivalries, too. I've done a bit of a bit of Who? reaching out. We've Who'd got... you dare talk to apart from me? <laughs> we've got Cameron. We've got Julian. Okay. We've got Jessa. Okay. We've got okay. I forgot Joe. So <laughs> sorry, Joe. I wouldn't have wanted her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was going to ask Hardy, but then she's had a baby recently, and so I was like, I don't want to like get up in her business. But maybe I'll ask her <laughs> next time I'm doing this. You know. Just recovering from delivering a child. Hey, you ever thought about rivalries, Hardy? For the podcast, <laughs> got a question for you. <laughs> For the podcast you're not a part of. <laughs> uh, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, Dylan, in your humble opinion, please tell me what you think makes a good rivalry. Well, you mentioned it already. Long history. Mm. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. Longer a rivalry goes, the more invested you are. Mm, exactly. I think it has to be intense. Intense rivalry. I'll, I'll take some life and death. On the line. You will. Okay. In fictional. Okay. In in fictional rivalry, <laughs> you know, just to be clear. Um, yeah, I like that. I like stakes, you know. Mm. Makes mm-hmm. you more invested, doesn't it? Okay, sweet. So what we got here today, Dylan, some of the things I'm trying to talk about. They're my opinions, but also I looked a bit on Wikipedia and a bit around, but so I'm not gonna exactly quote every single thing, but you know, gonna show notes, I've always got lots of um, links there for everybody. I want your take as we go through as well, because I know you've been thinking about this for me. 
Here are some key elements I've got, and not every rivalry has every single element, but I think these are the sort of notes you're hitting if you've got a good rivalry, okay? All right. The four big ones for me are proximity, stakes, time, and energy. All right, so I'll go through them. Um, the okay. geographical location generally makes it pretty fun. You know, for some reason, us humans, we like to hate the town that's just down the road. You know, this is a, the classic okay. sp Springfield, Shelbyville sort of situation, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I hear um, you. Know, on a larger level, an example here in Australia is like Melbourne and Sydney, always vying to be the best country, the city in Australia. Um, you the know, most we, artsy city? Yeah, who's, who's the best city? You know, one's, one's slightly bigger, one's maybe a bit more, um, a bit more fun to live in, easier to live in. Um, and uh, little do they know, not even worried about Brisbane, which is actually the best city easily. Look, I would say so. It's up there, right? Come on. <laughs> not even a contest. Surely. Um, yeah, and then that, you know, that's a bit of a status symbol in terms of the people who live there. But, you know, historically there were huge fights over if one city was going to be the capital. They couldn't agree, so they actually made a whole city in between them. You know, that's why we have got a capital city called Canberra right in between them. Um, <laughs> sure. But there is something about it, isn't it? You know, I think on a local level, you know, when it's like two cities near each other, it's kind of like, you know, or visit the place, you probably compete for tourism or just quality of life. You want to be known as a better place to live rather than the place that's, you know, sure. 50 kilometers down the road. Mm. And your jealousy spring out from that. Um, and, you know, given that you're so close to each other, you, you do have that sort of sense of that place rather than somewhere else in the world, like, you know, you don't really compete with places that you don't know about, you know? Um, yeah. In terms of stakes, there's got to be something on the line, hasn't there? We've got a, you know, sporting competition obviously has that, yeah, front and centre because the winner. Um, but in other rivalries, you might have who's got the better job, um, who's getting paid more, who's getting the promotion, um, who's got the better grades. Um, depending on the, the context of the rivalry, there's got to be something on the line I guess the, the most basic level is who's more successful, who's better, but then that yeah. is that is borne out in other ways, right? Yeah, for sure. As you mentioned, Dylan, time. It's not a one-off thing, is it? The rivalry has to build, you know? Um, I think so. If you're just facing each other once in the Olympic final, you know, yeah, sure, that's a, the competition you're in, but you're not really yeah. rivals in that wider sense, are you? Um, that's exactly. where you want to be competing over several years till the races. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's a real struggle, but who's going to be the winner? Um, in terms of sporting context too, and mainly team sports, um, some of the rivalry has been going on for, for decades, even longer potentially. And so it's something that's when you're, it's happened before you're born. You know, your your parents maybe have brought you up in that rivalry, and they, you know, they were brought up in it too. So um, it really can last a long time, and. You know, sometimes the, the the geopolitical struggle, like you know the U.S. and Russia during the Cold War, um, that was a thing that went on for a longer time and had you know went back years and years and years. So when you're coming into it, you you've got that sense of history. Um, the last example in this sense is energy. So you got to put some effort in, haven't you? You know, if, if you don't okay. care about the yeah, rivalry, yeah. Um, it's not really alive, is it? You have to bring your all. You really do. It's that thing. It's like that meme from, from Mad Men where it's like, you know, I hate you. And then Don Draper says, I don't even care about you. I don't even think about you. 
You know, <laughs> <laughs> if that's happening, it's not a rivalry. I think you have to hate each other to be part of it. You know, you have to be into it. No. One started rivalries don't count as rivalries, no. in my opinion. Well, I've got some examples here of them, but they're like a special subset. They're not really a rivalry, but they they're rivalry adjacent, aren't they? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, my next element is that you've got to have some genuine competition. You know, like Coke and Pepsi, they're top of their game. They're the two leaders. You know, there's not some little kombucha company also competing with those two. You've got to be in the yeah. same ballpark. That's true. That's true. Two titans of the industry. Is exactly, exactly right. And you've also, you really have to, you have to be in direct competition normally. Um, you know, a local pub in Starbucks, they sell drinks, not really, you know, competing for the same clientele or the same type of drinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the genuine competition side of things, I think, you know, like in a sporting context, you might have a long history of playing each other, but if there's no like sort of feeling involved, then it's just a team you play, you know, over over time. It's like in the NRL, which is my main um, sense of sporting <laughs> context here. Um, Souths hmm. and the Roosters have a, a long rivalry going back to the beginning of the competition here in Australia, nineteen oh eight. So that that's had a lot of history, a lot of games gone either way. They they sort of compete geographically as well. Souths play like the Cowboys. They they play each other a bit, but there's no real feeling involved. The stake is like who's going to win, but it doesn't matter quite as much as the team you really hate. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and kind of the same sense. Like, if one team always beats the other team, then not really rivals, are you? Because, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. You know, Australia versus Bangladesh in the cricket. It's generally, it's going to go one way, you know. Sure, okay. That's it. There are some rivalries that probably can withstand uh, winning and losing. Like, in the rugby union, the Wallabies don't go all that well against New Zealand, um, but they still pretty much hate each other and want to win. And that's the geographical country um, aspect coming in play there. I would think as well, Dylan, that to be a genuine rival, you've got to be sort of on the same side or with similar goals but with different methods or, or different approaches. Like on a political level, I think most of the true rivals are actually on the same side or in the same party. Um, you know, Interesting, Okay. I would argue, like, the, the main big rivalry of our youth, and that still sort of have ramifications to today, would have been Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard, right? They knifed each other a couple <laughs> of times, they they became a Labour Party and then Prime Minister and then knocked each other off. Um, I kind of feel like, you know, Tony Abbott was on the other side of politics and he was their enemy, but they were rivals for the same top job. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Mm. So... In a sporting context, there's usually a winner, which means there's a loser, right? Um, so in that sense, like, do you have the same goal or do you have an opposite goal? It's like, I want to win, you want to win, but I want to win to beat you, you want to win to beat me. Kind of the same thing, kind of different, but diametrically opposed, so it's kind of equaled out to be the same. Um, right. But that's what I'm getting at is usually if you have different goals, I'm thinking not really rivals. You know, Greenpeace in an oil drilling company, they're enemies, you know, they, they want to, don't want to necessarily want the same thing. They want different things, even though they come into direct competition. The same sort of thing, like Batman and the Joker aren't rivals, really. I think they're enemies. What do you reckon? Okay. Well, I don't know. They wouldn't be bitter rivals? I mean, potentially. 
I feel like maybe you could say there's a friendly rivalry between Batman and Superman about who's the best hero, you know? Oh, I don't know about that. I think they're. I think they both think each other's the better. <laughs> to be honest, I think. Well, arch rival is a term, and I think that speaks to the fact that you know a Batman and the Joker have a long history, so that's the rivalry over time. But I think hmm. I'd argue probably more their enemies. But that's the sort of thing. It's kind of the same. It's not too far. I'm not going to you know have a huge debate with someone who thinks they're rivals because they kind of are. Sure. Okay. Okay. As I said before as well, I think rivalry is like a safe way to play out in-group, out-group tensions. You know, it's kind of a fun way to everyone gets behind the local sports team and hates the other sports team. I think it's just a healthy way to demonstrate these emotions out there in the world. It can be healthy, except if you're in England and follow football. Yeah, well, that... Then it gets a bit intense, doesn't it? It can. It can get pretty toxic. It can get pretty toxic as well in fandoms, as we'll talk about too. People can get quite passionate about um, their particular movie company. You know? For sure, for sure. Their particular of, of star-related sci-fi movie Ooh. is an example. You went there. Star <laughs> Trek and Star Wars, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get there now, Dylan, as we move to different types of rivalries, okay? I don't mm. know if this is every single one, but I think I've done a pretty good job of trying to work out all the different types, and, and please... Um, let me know your thoughts and if you've got any others that I have missed here. All right. Okay. First one I've got is a classic, especially in a sporting context. It's Big Brother, Little Brother. All right? Um, right. The one that comes to mind first of all is the Broncos and Cowboys in the NRL. The Broncos being the big established team. They, they beat the Cowboys in every game for about 10 years. Um and they were the, obviously both being Queensland. They've got that geographical um, connection. Uh, then the Queen, then the Cowboys started coming good and it became a bit more of a contest and eventually ended up with the Cowboys beating the Broncos in the grand final in 2015. Um, and, you know, that was like, oh my God, little brother's coming up and he's he's beating the older brother. In Also in sporting context, you might say like England and Australia in sport with like the little... The colony that can sometimes can go and beat them in cricket or <laughs> footy or whatever. Right, eh? Um, yeah, yeah. And I think us little dirty jailbirds down here. <laughs> exactly. I think as well. This maybe is coming more from Australia than than New Zealand, but in in sport and I guess everything, we probably think of ourselves as the big brother to New Zealand's little brother. I don't know if they feel like they are the little brother to us, but I think that's generally how Australians might feel about them. <laughs> Sure, yeah. So there's a bit of rivalry going on there, I reckon. Another example here, and this can be in anything, but it's kind of the same thing as I mentioned there, Big Brother, Little Brother. The established and old favourite versus the new dynamic upstart, you know? Um, in the mm. business context, you might have thought of Blockbuster and Netflix back in their early days. Well, okay. early days yep. of Netflix, later days of Blockbuster, or... <laughs> sure. <laughs> In general, just like, you know, TV is the established technology, streaming is the new upstart. There is rivalry in that sense. Um, you know, taxis and Uber, if you want to keep it in the upstart, into the um, that sort of context. True, true. Um, sporting context, the, the biggest one I can think of that's a recent example, and again, it's timely at a time of recording, um, is Nick Kyrgios, the Australian tennis player who... 
doesn't give a shit about anybody else and especially takes it to, you know, the big three tennis players of especially Nadal, um, Djokovic and uh, Federer. Um, you know, they're, they're the cream of the crop over the last 20 years and Kyrgios is coming in as, um, as the new um, guy coming in to disrupt them. Do you have any other examples in that context, Dylan, of a, of a old establishment and new upstarts? In the new way, I think probably probably originally I had one here for Sega and Nintendo in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So with Nintendo in the early 90s, they basically had a stranglehold on the mm. video game industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Sega weren't really doing anything different. I suppose it's how they advertise themselves. They advertise themselves more to teenagers okay. um, and young adults, more so than Nintendo, who kind of advertise themselves towards more kids in yeah. the, the toy-centric market. Um, but it worked for Sega because they outsold the SNES. I think it was like two to one or something. Right, okay. Well, I guess you've got to try and find your unique selling point, haven't you? So. Yeah, mm. exactly. They yeah. barged away to the top of the mountain as... All through these like commercials they did basically, really? which basically just took the piss out of Nintendo. <laughs> That's something like they, I haven't got into. Yeah. I haven't got this into my research, but it feels like there was a time a bit before now where companies would just like slag each other off in the in their advertising. Oh yeah, they, just <laughs> just ruthlessly. Yeah. yeah, like one commercial it had like depicted two cars racing. Yeah. And one's powered by a Nintendo and it's like falling apart and fucking smoking and hardly <laughs> moving. Jeez. And then the one powered by the Sega Genesis, of course, it's going safer fast, Lonnie. Faster than the speed of white, <laughs> isn't it? Wow. Smashes the race. Um, I've got rivalries here in the tech worlds a bit later on, but I might as well mention it now. Um, Nintendo's still around, and but I guess the big one now is Xbox and PlayStation, isn't it? Yeah, sure, sure. They've gotten a bit more friendly nowadays. I think there's a bit of tension when Xbox were first coming in. Because mm-hmm. they're like, who, who are you? Who are you coming in? You haven't earned your place. Yeah, out of nowhere almost. Yeah. Bill Ga- It seems like Bill Gates just decided one day, hey, let's, let's do video games. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And then, and I think Nintendo had a bit of a um, rough period there, but it kind of feels like they're more on the sort of, there's, there's three at the top now, isn't there, rather than just the two there was for, for a while. Yeah, they kind of got their own mountain, really, Nintendo. Mm, yeah. They they're kind of like that. Yeah, they're like that legend at this point that's like never going to go away yeah. unless they do it to themselves. Which yeah, sure. sure. They have made some dodgy business decisions in the last mm. few years, but, mm. you know, the, the Switch is still selling well. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. And this next one, Dylan, I've got here is the rivalry where you're once close friends, but now you hate each other. Um, Ooh, this one is pretty intense. It can get pretty bitter, can't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can happen on the political scale. I, I, you know, mentioned Kevin Rudd and Julie Gillard again. They, they got pretty bitter um, towards the end there. Um, sure. In the sporting context, you know, in team sports, often the players will change clubs or change teams. And so, you know, once people you're playing with, now you're your enemies on the field. Feeling a betrayal sometimes isn't yeah it? and sometimes that's not so much the players themselves but it, it can be the fans who are part of the rivalry you know yeah yeah um as which happens i mentioned before in the nrl which you know is my sort of um my lodestar when it comes to sport um the when souths and east play each other and 
that it gets really intense. But when their players change clubs in between, that's like you can go to any other club, don't go to that other club, our, our biggest <laughs> rival, you know. <laughs> that's sure, how they talk yeah. about it sometimes. Um, now, Paul McCartney and John Lennon had a, a testy relationship after the Beatles broke up, um, especially. They, they traded some barbs within their songs that they released to the public. Um, mm, of course, they were once okay. very close friends uh, being part of the Beatles. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one, Dylan, I don't know how much you know about it, but our friend Julian raised it. It kind of fits here, but it kind of fits in different contexts, but I thought I'd raise it here. Mm. Um, Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. Do you know much about these two? Um, all I know is that like Edison stole Tesla's ideas, basically. Is that the, the gist of it? I think that is, that is some of the arguments. I think it's some of the arguments, um, well, some of the charges put to Thomas Edison in general that maybe he was better at the PR side of things than he was at the inventing side of things. And sure. he, he worked with a big team and he sort of took credit for things. Is the allegation. I'm not, I haven't gone into great detail in my research. Um, I didn't realize this, um, but they did work together. I just thought they were rivals, but Tesla worked in his factory and he worked for his company for a while. Um, I knew a bit about their big feud. They had a really big feud. They called the current wars actually. And there was a film of that name um, about, whether DC or AC electricity was going to be the the most common or most used type of electricity. Mm. Um, DC was favoured by Edison. He thought it was better, but it was a bit harder to 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 get to people's houses. And Tesla was had invented AC. Um, eventually, AC won. Um, it's quite intriguing, though. I. Would say like they they feuded over electricity, and I thought they feuded for the rest of their lives. But looking into it a bit more today, um, it seems like it was just this kind of one battle they had. Um, just the current wars, okay. Yeah, and I think there was some some respect um, outside of that. And I think it might be another um, one of these things where like the fans, looking back at it now, sort of a, maybe a bit more invested in it than the people themselves were. Um, <laughs> Also, when they in their in their day, Edison was more successful, and apparently he was kind of very much loved because he brought electricity into people's homes, which is a big thing. But Tesla sort of had um, these bigger ideas about things. He was a bit more forward thinking, and I think looking back, it's like we take it for granted that Edison made all these things that are life changing to people back then. But it's like just yeah, turn on, switch on a light these days. That's not really we don't think about how impressive that is. Um, so Tesla ended up quite destitute in his lifetime as well. He's kind of forgotten about, um, but there's been a public resurgence. Edison is, is a bit, bit um, negative light these days. Contested view though. Um, I think as well, what happened is that you know, Tesla has the more tragic story, which is a bit more sympathetic to people as well. Looking back mm. at it now, they like, who wants to go back and, celebrate the guy who everyone celebrated when he was alive why don't we give the guy who didn't get his due in his lifetime give him a bit of bit of help you know kind of um, like uh bob k to bill finger situation yeah potentially yeah exactly and uh, yeah i think that's a, that's a good sense of it in terms of what we think this guy was screwed over so let's give him a bit of bit extra wraps now um, yeah exactly um but yeah so i got this good article at least from what i picked up on it from vox and i'll put in the show notes about it um, but people sort of focus on their big fight, which was was quite bitter. Um, but then, yeah, outside of that, perhaps it was 
you know, not as quite as bad as people say. And there was a film a few years ago with um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Never saw it, but it's supposed to be alright, apparently. <laughs> How bad can it be with Benedict in it, right? <laughs> now, speaking of Julian, I'm going to talk about the one-sided rivalry. Uh, because Julian told me he had a rival, an academic rival, who was gunning for him. He didn't care about them much. <laughs> he, oh, he, didn't really, okay. he didn't really consider them to be rivals, but this other person did. Right, okay, that's a bit of fun. Have what you ever had, a, had a, a one-sided rivalry? You've been either the um, the subject or the, the perpetrator of Dylan? I mean, I I have a story about a rivalry. I would like to think it wasn't one-sided, but it probably was on my end. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go through it now or you don't want to save it up? Oh, fine. I'll get it off my chest. Okay. Why not? All right. So I had a rival at one of my old jobs. Mm-hmm. Not going to name names. Um, but they basically it came down to that their personality was one I gelled with the least. And you could say I despise the most. Okay. So they, they, they were basically a know-it-all. Mm. Like they kept correcting everyone. Uh, they used to brag all the time about all the great things they've done, what they've done in their life, how much they've seen the world and travelled. You know. And just lacking self-awareness to an absurd mm-hmm. extent. And they were really passive-aggressive too. Um, like one day... They just comment on my shoes at work. They had a scuff on the side or whatever. Mm. And they're like, well, it might be time to get some new shoes, mate. Those look a little worn out. Jesus. Fuck off. (laughs) Why would they say such a thing? Because they're rude, Warnie. Okay. Would you fight them for me? (laughs) Give me their name and number. I'll go right now, okay? (laughs) All right. No, off the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they just wouldn't take a hint that I didn't like them. Mm. And they kept talking to me every chance they got, like, especially on lunch. So I just started eating lunch at my desk, basically. <laughs> well, did the rivalry, was it born out in any way, or was it just they're annoying to you? Well, basically, they kept getting opportunities that I wanted. Oh, okay. So they got to train new staff when I wanted to do it first. Um, probably the biggest one. I went for this position that I was really excited for. I had an interview for it. Mm. Um, there's a couple of positions open. And they knew I wanted it. The dirty dogs. They knew. They knew, Warnie. Jesus. And I didn't get the position mm. at the time, sadly. Mm. Um, and then I turned up to this meeting early. And the, the trainer who was running is just taking us through some stuff, making small talk, you know. Sure. And he was just like, you know, any, any, what's happening, guys? What's going on in your world? And he was just like, well, I have some exciting news. I've got this new job I went for. They said I was the best interview they've ever heard. And then he had the gall to ask me if I'd heard anything about it. <laughs> and I told him I didn't get it. And he's like, oh, well, chin up, mate. Keep trying. You'll get oh, there. God. Well, the I'm, worst. I'm glad this person is a past rival, Bill. I hope they're not in your life anymore. No, no, they're gone. They're Oof. gone. I no longer work for them. They made good material for a podcast. So who's winning now? Unnamed rival. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the work rival. Not good because he, like, you can't choose your family or your workmates generally. So. Oh wow. I like that saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. Which wasn't true. Yeah. But you know. No, and it's a really important part of your of your mental health is having a nice you know personality 
that doesn't clash with everybody else, you know, that 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 is terrible because you can't do much about it, unfortunately. Wow. Speaking of one-sided rivalries, though, Dylan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very good friend of mine, Erica. She has one where she was the one doing the hating of the other person. <laughs> so oh, she's the Dylan. Okay. <laughs> well, she no, she had had a whole rivalry in her head with the other person who had no idea they were rivals. Okay. Yeah. So they she's doing his Chinese class and just happened to be that she sat near this guy and he was much better at Chinese than she was. And the teacher liked him more and apparently <laughs> a nice nice enough guy, but just in her head that she wanted to beat him now. She needed to beat this guy because he was better, you know. Um Okay. He wasn't aware of it at all. Okay. <laughs> it's been on for years. Yeah. And I I'd know about him like, Oh, you're going to Chinese class tonight, how's your rival going? And she's like He's better than me. He knows these other words. He's got better better conversation <laughs> skills, whatnot. Um, so, unfortunately, he's left the Chinese class. I asked her about this, um, but she doesn't see him anymore. She feels a bit abandoned by that. But here's oh, a twist no. in the story, Dylan. She moved house, and he lives in the same building. No, she saw him. They they no. see each other getting the mail and stuff. The rival. But so, what's happened now? I don't think they see each other much there, but it would have been a huge shock to see him at your house, wouldn't it? Oh my god, <laughs> that would yeah. be uh, that would be infuriating. Wouldn't if that it? had happened to me, I don't know what I would have done. You'd have to move, oh wouldn't god. you? If you met your guy, I think so. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. Wow. Okay, so speaking of, obviously we've already spoken about it, but the academic rival is a pretty common one. Um, it's someone you're really trying to beat in an educational or skilling context. This one, like sometimes you could argue there's a good side to it. Like they make you try harder and learn more. Um, so that is good, I suppose. But also, you know, the idea of education as a competition, it's kind of, you know, somewhat defeats the purpose. Um, but I guess it's the nature of marking and grading things, you know, so... Ruins the purity of education for you, does it, Lonnie? <laughs> Ruins your precious education system, does well, it? Well, look, I'll just say, like, the idea is to learn and to be better. And, you know, maybe someone who got a C but tried really hard is doing a better job than someone who got an A and they just cruise through. You know what I mean? Ooh, interesting. So was I better at legal studies than you then? Is that what you're saying? Well, just saying that sometimes you got to like figure out who your rival is and then just take him out, you know. That was that was another one side of rivalry, wasn't it? <laughs> Legal studies, 2010. You know, I saw you. I saw you coming for me, so I took you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Um, now, you weren't, we weren't in the same English class, were we, in year 11 and 12? I don't think we were ever in the same English no, class. No, I don't think so. Well, you wouldn't know how my teacher used to hand back the assignments that we'd hand up. She'd mark them and give it back to us in, like, from order of worst to best. Right. That is uh, rough. It's, uh, it's very rough. It's 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 ice cold. You can bleep this out. Who was it? <laughs> of course. <laughs> God damn it. I shouldn't have even had to ask you. Uh, she was pretty nice otherwise, but that's like, ooh, right? Um, so I, yeah, one of our friends has gone on to be a teacher and she's told me about this this, this um, practice and she's like, 
that is like against every educational sort of lesson you learn at university and every how-to guide on teaching is you shouldn't name and shame. Like, <laughs> and like yeah very no, wrong. yeah tough stuff and like personally dylan i'm gonna you know I'm, i was a nerdy guy i wasn't at the bottom of the list so i um didn't i couldn't feel bad about it but it doesn't sit right with me looking back it's like you know you're trying your best normally now everyone knows you're the dumbest like seriously yeah a bit rough eh? a bit rough uh universities are a sort of extension of this educational rivalry um oxford and Especially cambridge colleges yes in colleges America. in the u.s Dylan. Oxford and Cambridge are the two that come to mind in the UK. They're mm. given they're the you know most prestigious. Harvard and Yale. Yeah. Um, you go crazy trying to figure out all the different rivalries within the American college system. A lot of them's based around sport. Yeah, definitely college football, especially. Yeah, definitely. So that's um a big thing here in like in Australia, less common probably to be worrying about university rivalries. Yeah. Is there any? Nothing comes to my mind anyway. I mean, no. you'd have your finger on the pulse more than me. But. Yes, I work in the higher education system. And like in Brisbane here, we've got a couple of universities. So there's some somewhat rivalry, but also we kind of got different niches about what goes on at the university. So it's, you know, you want to be the best, clearly, but it's not like as heated as, as, as it appears over in the US. And that's, I think that's because we don't have as many colleges or universities in general um so everyone sort of just goes to the local one you know one of if, if one of a couple in the major city that lives in that's closest to you yeah um <laughs> and like there's less university towns where like the whole whole town is built around the university and then you hate the university you play football in you know and you, the sporting system isn't based around colleges here in australia it's around other stuff so that's yeah probably, that's probably the main reason why it's there um my next example is work rivals. We've covered that already. Um, oh, yeah. Sibling rivalries, Dylan. Pretty common in fiction. I guess in, in real life too, depending on your siblings, I suppose. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you don't, you can't participate in this one, can you, Dylan, as a, as a person? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any cousin rivalries? No, not really. Not really. No, you guys get on pretty well, don't you? Yeah, for the most part, definitely. Nah, for all the parts, really. Yeah, you guys are good. Um, yeah, my siblings with no real sense of rivalry um, in that sense. Um, Bart and Lisa Simpson come to mind, though. They're on each other's necks a fair bit, but they always come through in the end, don't they? They always love each other at the end of the mm. day, I think, yeah. Yeah, and they're a pretty strong um, example of loving uh, family, the Simpsons, even though they... They go through a lot of stuff. They always come through for each other. So I do like that about them. Um, other examples in fiction, we've got Thor and Loki. I guess they're um, rivals. Yeah. I guess they're enemies, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Rest of development, who's going to be the take over the company is pretty much from day dot in that the show. The family. And yeah. it's mirrored in succession. Same plot, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> As a rest of development, I guess. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways, yeah. Go on, though. Dylan, have we talked about Vampire Diaries much, you and I, on this podcast? <laughs> uh, not on the podcast, but my, you can't stop us talking about it <laughs> off the pod, can you? Have you ever seen any of it? Not a bad show. 
Uh, I started watching it when it like first came on TV. Was it on Go or yeah, something originally? Okay. Um, so you saw a few. Mum was yeah. Mum started watching it. I've caught a couple episodes here and there, but never really hooked me too much. Old Vampire Diaries. My mates loved it though. Oh yeah. Well, your mate Sanae loves it especially. Um, oh, of course she does. She was big into it back in the Go days, um, and then followed it all the way all the way to the end. And we watched it all together. Um, so she's watched a couple of times, like for those first few seasons especially. Um, sure. The reason I mentioned it is that at the core of that, it's a bit of a love triangle um, and also other you know, rivalries go on between Stefan and Damon, two brothers, two vampire brothers. Um, sure. You know, one's trying to be good, one's kind of evil, and they're both kind of good eventually. Then at various points they go evil and, and whatnot. Um, it does solidify when they fall in love with the same woman, though. And she's with Stefan first off, right, which is just sweet. And then I think they responded to the fans who wanted her to be with Damon, and so she ended up going with Damon. And I felt really sad for Stefan because it's like, you're losing the love of your life is bad. Then it's your brother, and then you've got to hang out with him all the time. <laughs> you know? Really, he's just sort of hanging out and like in the corner, just like watching him and stuff. So yeah. tough, tough stuff. Why is this um the show's big with women, isn't it? What's what's the appeal? Do you think? Is I it the sexy boys? Is that is that what it comes down to? I guess so. And I, I something about vampires does appeal to women, doesn't it? Um, yeah, Twilight <laughs> being the other example there. Um, I don't know. It was like a teen show as well. I think it, it's good and mm, yeah, there's something yeah. like to do with that. It was pretty. It's. A lot of plot, Dylan. I'll tell them that. They didn't waste an idea. They just went through them. They really did it. <laughs> Which I like about okay. it. Sure. It was, yeah, it's yeah. good stuff for the most part. There's lots of stuff going on. A I can appreciate that. I've got two more rivalries with siblings here from the UK. Okay. I've kind of got one as well. Oh, have you really? Okay. Do you want to go first? A fictional one. Yeah, relatively. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. You go first. It, it's... Yeah, probably leans towards more the enemy side of things, but mm. yeah. So I've been watching and reading JoJo's Bizarre Adventure lately. Oh, you mentioned you that to me. It's an anime of some sort, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the main antagonist, he made an appearance on our uh, D-Squad vs. the Guild Alliance <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> wow, that's gone back, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> it's digging deep into the trenches, that one. Um, so it starts in like the 1800s in England. Mm. And it's just this real piece of shit kid, Dio Brando. He gets adopted by the Joe Star family. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically wants to seal their fortune. Oh, no, come on, mate. Yeah, a bit rude, eh? They've rude, adopted you. <laughs> and you want to steal yeah, from them. Jesus. Yeah, rude. So first he tries to get the father to favour him as an heir over his son, who's Jonathan Joe okay. Star. Yep. Jojo. Yep. By just like ruining Jonathan's life, make him look and feel pathetic and unworthy of being the heir in his father's eyes. Um, failing that, then he tries to kill his adopted father Jeez. and then snuff out Jojo, so he becomes the sole heir to the fortune. And when that doesn't work, Lonnie, uh, he puts on an ancient Aztec mask and turns himself into a vampire overlord. I mean, it is the natural next step, I suppose, but... Still. Oh, man, if all else fails, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so he kind of moves on from the fortune and decides to rule the world instead. But basically that whole first part's uh, 
adopted brother rivalry. Yeah, okay. Between Jonathan and sure. uh, and Dio. Sure. And yeah. basically, the overall premise of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that each part follows a different generation of Joe star. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So the first part's Jonathan in 1800s, then part two is his grandson Joseph in the 30s, so on from there. Sure. And it's basically Dio feuding with every generation of Joe star, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> So he has a hand, like, either directly or indirectly in just all the bullshit each generation of Joe Star has right. to deal with okay. up until the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Part 7, which is an alternate universe of sorts, he's still feuding with that part's Joe Star, he just re- Johnny Joe Star. He really gets him. He's just That's a good rivalry. That's a sense of history. Well, mate, it spans generations, decades, and even alternate realities. Yeah, so. well, there you go. I think it's a good one. <laughs> good show, though, as well. Oh, mate, I love it. Uh, I've watched the show and I'm reading the manga at the moment. Right. It's good stuff. Okay, cool. Well, the two I've got from England myself are real people. Uh, the first is Liam and Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Um, do you know much about these two? Completely unfamiliar. What is this? So, Oasis is a big band in the 1990s, Wonderwall, etc. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah. yes. And these are the two brothers who were at the center of the band. Um, the idea was like Liam was the singer and sort of the talent, and well, the front man, and Noel was the musical talent um, and kind of the smarter and you know more sensitive one. But Liam had that sort of spark that made them work. These guys hate each other, basically. They, they fell out when they're in the band. At various points, they were um, like not talking to each other, even though they were still in the band. They were still fighting, basically, and they, they broke out and they're doing their own thing these days, but they they are very much not on the same page. But yeah, two brothers who just took the world by storm in that sense. Um, the the <laughs> yeah. next two rivals, which is a very strange rivalry to me sitting here in Australia, Dylan. Um, with Ed and David Miliband. Now, you, you probably haven't heard of these two, but they're English politicians, and they're both bigwigs in the Labour Party in the UK. They're yeah. brothers. They're both politicians, and at one stage, they both ended up running for the leadership of the party. So not Prime Minister, but like within the Labour Party, they were both running to be right. the leader of that party. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Ed became the leader, lost the election to David Cameron, um, and they're not, but they're not leaders anymore, but they're still around. It's just so weird to think about like going up against your brother for that sort of thing, you know. Like, I just can't imagine one of our politicians having a brother who's also in the same party, like Albo having a brother. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah, he's like okay. yeah. hanging around trying to beat him, you know. So yeah, and just the idea that like you know to get to the to be in the running to be the leader of a national political party is pretty tough. But then your brother's there also vying with you for the same job. It's just strange, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of a lot of unneeded stress, I think, put on you. Imagine your parents, yeah, just trying to oh, mate. look after you. Oh, they'd be losing hair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I think that one's got bitter, but I'll, you know, end of the day, I guess they're brothers and they're on the same political side at least. It'd be even worse if they were on mm. opposite sides, I suppose. But still, yeah. Um. Have you heard of the phrase "keeping up with the Joneses," Dylan? I have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How How do you know that phrase? What's it mean? I don't to know. You? It's just something in the zeitgeist. 
You just heard it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, it comes from a, a comic strip, which I had no idea of, but apparently there was a, oh. this is where it comes from, and the comic strip had the oh. same had the same name. Uh, Wikipedia says it refers to the comparison to one's neighbour as a benchmark for social class or the accumulation of material goods. It's basically just comparing yourself to your neighbours, um, both you know physical neighbours and also people you know. Like, do you have enough stuff? Do you have the best TV? Do you have a good good car compared to them? Are their kids smarter than your kids? That sort of thing. Or and Homer that, and Ned. Homer, that's what I said. The Flanders here are the perfect example from The Simpsons. They were basically written as the perfect Christian family up against The Simpsons, who are the perfect dysfunctional family. Yeah, you got it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Do you, do you sense this? Do you have a feeling of, of keeping up the Joneses of people you know? Are you, are you trying to compete with your neighbours or friends and stuff like that? Nah, nah, not, not neighbours at all, no. They're not really mates, you know. No, are you, so you, we play video games, but you know. <laughs> so you're, you're sort of happy where you are, you're not trying to just get things or be better just to keep up with someone else? No, not compared to other people yeah. around me, no. No, good on you. That, that's a good place to be. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Doing good. Then. <laughs> I, I try not to to try and benchmark myself against other people. It can get a bit tough in like the creative industries, which you know I'm have been part of slash adjacent to. Um, you know, people I went to uni with. Some of them are way more successful, and they're making a, a career of it. And you know, I'm not in some ways, but in other ways, I'm here doing a podcast as you don't. So you know, I'm not that far off, am I? So, no. In my opinion, you're winning. Thanks, man. Fuck, fuck the rest, right? A fun fact um, that I want to put here, Dylan, and I, I didn't think you were going to let me get away with not including the etymology of the word rival. You're wondering where it comes from, weren't you? Of course. Who wouldn't be? So it comes from Latin, and the word is uh, rivalis or rivalis, and in Latin that meant of the same brook i.e. someone who used the same brook or the same stream as you, right? So you're both, you know, rival as someone who's doing, using the same thing or doing the same sort of stuff as you. Sure. So you right. can draw that parallel to all sorts of rivals, you know, you're in the same stream of, of whatever you're doing, um, but particularly in this sort of sense of keeping up your neighbours because, you know, rivalist means people using the same stuff as you. Pretty cool, eh? Right. Okay, yeah. I like, I, you, something. I like when you hear me when I have to go into etymology of words. It's good stuff. 
If you don't care about the origins of words, who would, Lonnie? Exactly right. Someone um, has to keep that passion alive. <laughs> someone's got to do it. You're exactly right, Bill. Um, this one is a very... I don't have an example of it, but I just it, it happens, right? It's the instant hatred or rivalry you feel against another school when you're on a school trip and you see someone else. Do you remember oh. going through this at all? Oh, mate, all the time in primary yeah. school, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dirty other primary schools, a little filth, aren't they? No. It's like, no, we're on a trip. You're not, you're not on a trip. We, we hate yeah, you. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something about being in uniform, thing. isn't it? You know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably just it. And they're strangers, and you're not going to see them again, probably, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, this is probably one that comes to mind in a wholesome way, and I think it'll like to think about. It's the friendly rivalry. You know, when there's a genuine love and affection between the participants, but they are still kind of competing and want to win, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. We've all got examples of this, and feel free to pitch in some of your own. I asked uh, our good friend Cameron Williams about this. Um, if I had to ask him he had a rival, he said no. I'm like, okay, you're great, Cameron. You're perfect. We get it. Um, what are you throwing shade at Cameron for? No, I love I love Cameron. He's, he just wants to watch how son doesn't be happy. What's your issue? No, I just I want some content as well. Podcast. Don't worry, Jess has got, got a got a good content story. dry from your friends. <laughs> but Cameron suggested You're the vampire, Lonnie. <laughs> Come off it. Come off it. Uh Cameron suggested the friendly rivalry is Gimli and Legolas. Um, especially from yes. the movies, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. Can you hear that? <laughs> I don't know, Dylan. I don't know what's happening yet. The Broncos there. just win? Broncos won an hour and a half ago, Dylan. Maybe they got a delay of the signal. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yes, that they yeah, there's a sense of, you know, their their races within the Lord of the Rings universe are, you know, com- competitive anyway, and these two don't get along at the beginning. They even um but they transcend that when they become closer and, and fight for each other and defend each other's lives, you know? They transcend racism, Lonnie. Become friends. Basically. And they actually had a little running battle, which is in good spirit about who's, you know, winning, kill, killing the most orcs. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Fun. Fun hmm. stuff. Uh, apparently back in the day, there was rivalry, at least in the media and the fandom, about the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But sure. the fellows themselves apparently got on pretty well. So it was kind of friendly in that sense. That's good. Yeah, okay. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, Nadal and Federer and the tennis are pretty good friends as well. Right. Even though they've been, you know, each other's greatest rivals in a lot, in a lot of um, matches over the years. I'd also think, you know, what your um, thoughts on this, a lot of directors... Even though their films compete at the box office and for awards, most directors seem pretty friendly. Um, I think, I think that's something we put on them, especially when it comes to Oscar races. It's like, is this film going to beat this film? But you know, behind the scenes, actually, you know, they all want films to be popular and, and they all enjoy each other's films. Yeah, sure. Okay. Is there any examples that come to mind of directors that have perceived rivalries? 
Well, not really. I think it's more in the friendly sense of it. Um, there is that that back running back and forth between like who's got the the film that's made the most money at the box office. So you know, went from mm. Spielberg to Lucas, and then James Cameron came along, and they they do that thing where they like put a little letter in the newspaper with a little cartoon, like con- congratulating each other on being the winner. Do you remember that? It's happened. It's <laughs> happened, Dylan. <laughs> Just trust All right, me. Okay? I believe you. I, I believe you. Um, and one example people have pointed to in recent times is Kevin Feige in the Marvel films. Um, he's been pretty complimentary from all accounts about the DC films um, and even the ones that are Marvel related but like were in the Fox universe before they all came under the same banner. Um, or Sony. The Sonys and the, the X-Men's and whatnot. Um, mm. Kind of the idea is like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats if everyone's enjoying... Superhero films, that's good for Marvel, it's good for DC, it's good for everybody, you know? How big of him when he obviously <laughs> cannot be touched in that realm? I know, exactly. There's a bit of that, I suppose. But he could also be out there shitting on DC when he doesn't do that, from from what I know. So. <laughs> All right, fair yeah. enough. Uh, back in the 80s, and uh, mainly 80s, mainly 90s a bit too, um, Arnie and Sly had a bit of rivalry at the box office. Mm, yeah, yeah. But um, given they've they've acted in films together and they seem pretty friendly in, in the recent years, at least I think that's gone in, into the friendly realm more than the actually competitive realm. Yeah, fair enough. Wasn't there that story that um, Arnie like like had this script for like this really shit movie, mm. and then Sly also got the script for it, and he he asked Arnie what he thought, and he's like, "Oh, it's great. I think I'm gonna do it." Yeah. And then Sly went for it and got it, and Arnie never wanted to do it and tricked him <laughs> to do it as shit movie. Was that was that stuff on my mumble shoe or something like that? Was that one of those films? <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah, <laughs> he got him good. Got him good. Wow, that's pretty fun. That's a friendly rivalry, isn't it? That's good. Good example. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sly probably wasn't too happy about it, but you know, <laughs> he got to make Rocky one of the best films of all time. So mm. you know, what do you do? Love Triangle, Dylan. Ooh, saucy. Okay. Yeah, not always a rivalry, but I think often, like when it's two people competing for the one person, that that's a rivalry is between them. Mm. The the one that comes to mind, obviously, is Twilight. You've got the team Edward and team Jacob. Where do you fall in that that fight, Dylan? Couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> What's your... with this? What's this? This vampire fictional shows or well, fictional things I mean, and bloody love triangles? It happened in Vampire Diaries too. What's this nonsense? It, it it's for some reason, Dylan. They they had to have them, you know. Didn't mm. it happen True Blood as well? I'm pretty sure it did. I I never saw True Blood, but I can I could ask Sine if she, if she, what her thoughts are. But I think I think so. And it wasn't Buffy going out with Angel and Spike. Yeah, bloody hell! What's going on? Well, you know, love triangles. They're a good source of um of story aren't they very compelling i guess add vampires into the mix what? why not <laughs> even better even better yeah sure now dylan you can think of countless examples of rivalries that that come in the form of love triangles i want to give you a, a true life story though from our friend jessa oh, oh really okay okay She's one of our favorite guests host of the podcast i miss you what's it called no. <laughs> At that podcast. 
Uh, I miss you, Dolly Magazine. I miss you, Dolly. My girlfriend, Dolly. My girlfriend, Dolly, is the mag- is the, <laughs> is the bloody podcast she does. Um, and then for a while, but she should come back soon, hopefully. Um, so I asked her straight up, like, you got a rival, what's happened? And she told me she was in a rivalry with another woman over the affections of a man. Um, oh, so she wasn't the tip of the triangle. She was one of the bottom pieces. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was a bit one-sided, though, from her account in the fact that she didn't oh, know man. that the other person hated her until someone else informed her. It's like, oh, yeah, she hates you. Um, <laughs> they, they, she thought they were, like, friendly. I think they thought they were, like, acquaintances and they were both sort of casually seeing the same guy. But in, the other, in this other person, it seemed like she had loved this other guy. She wanted to be with him and Jessa was kind of, like, you know, just, just casually sort of thing. Um I wasn't going to mention this, Dylan, but Jess told me she could. Like, I should say it, actually, so I will. This other person gave her a nickname. She called Jessa. And I, I, again, I don't want to say it, but she told me I should. She gave her the nickname Chinzilla. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Apparently, Jessa has a large chin in this person's view. Very rude. Rude. Very rude, right? How dare they? I hope they never find love, ever. Yeah. In their whole life. I, I agree. How dare they attack our Jessa, Lonnie? Our, our Jessa, you're exactly right. The guy wasn't worth it, and Jessa didn't seem to be bothered by it all. Seems <laughs> like we're more pissed than she was. <laughs> but, no, rude. Very rude. Disgustingly and rude. Jessa told me this, and I was like, well, I won't mention the, the nickname, obviously. And she's like, no, you got to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and you're like, it. okay, okay. Um, love triangles. Rivals for affections, that's that can get pretty pretty much. Actually, I should mention it now while we're talking about it. I was thinking about my experience of rivalry, Dylan, personally. I was like, I have no, I'm done with rivals. I'm a friendly guy. Everyone gets involved with me. I'm friends with everybody I meet. Nothing nothing of the sort. And then I was like, oh, wait. There's that one guy <laughs> with whom I ended up sort of always falling for the same girl in high school. And... I just hated him because he liked the same girls I did. I'm like, why, Dylan? Looking back, why would I hate another guy for also liking a girl? Why would I do that? Mm. I don't know. Was it multiple times? It was more than once. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, then, no. He's in the wrong. How dare he? But, like, just, you can, he's let have a crush. I'm let have a crush. It wasn't like we, he didn't own these girls, you know? No, I think he, I think he aimed the crushes in the direction you were looking. Yeah. I mean, once it's a coincidence, Lonnie. Hmm. After that. Yeah, you reckon I should be more mad? Okay. Well. Yeah. I reckon there's some fuckery afoot, Lonnie. You're okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dylan. Thank you very much. Now, the the last one I've got here of an example, I've got a few more things to go through after this, but on this particular list I've got going, we mentioned before fandoms often get into rivalries and that it can sometimes get more intense than the actual um, thing or person they're a fan of, right? Um, yeah. Star Wars and Star Trek was the example we had before. That can get pretty serious in the fandom circles. The, probably the, the, more, the more pressing one these days would be Marvel DC, right? And mm-hmm. within DC, you've got um, the, the, the Zack Snyder fans who have been quite, quite um, forthright over the last um, five or so years. It can get pretty vicious, can't it? It can, definitely, definitely. Mm. I think it's pretty much only on the movie side of things. I think the people reading the comics are just just enjoying them, just having a good time. Yeah, for the most part, I think... Mostly, 
They read everything, don't they? And I also think that people writing the comics, even people making the movies that you mentioned, they kind of like enjoy everything. And often the writers of the comics, they switch between. So, oh, they jump ship. Yeah, nonstop. And it's not really seen as a as a huge negative, is it? It's you know you're doing your DC bit for a while, and you'll come back and do some more Marvel in the future, probably. So, yeah, for sure. Um, other other fandom rivalry should mention was in the '90s in the sitcom world, Dylan. The old Seinfeld and Friends. They was a bit of a really? rivalry. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Seinfeld and Friends. Well, because they were the, the two of the most successful shows of the nineties, I suppose, and kind of similar similar enough in terms of a sitcom about friends in New York, you know. Uh, yeah, okay, I guess I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. But where do you fall on that? You're you're a fan of both, aren't I from what I know. Yeah, I love both. Mum loved both, that's why I love both. There you we go. watch both. There you go. Love yeah. them. You're you're a you're a true fan. Well, you have to pick one side. Exactly. Yeah. Um. This was, I think, was directed by the participants, but also the the fandoms sort of took it and ran. Um, with the Taylor Swift and Katy Perry days, where they really had a big beef going on. Yeah, the name uh Tadolf Switler got thrown around a bit, I believe. <laughs> I never heard that myself, but there you go. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. I think. From memory, uh, Taylor Swift had a reason for hating Katy Perry, and it was because they were, she was stealing her backup dances or something like that for a tour. I feel a bit of it was just like you're you're the other female pop star who's quite successful at the moment, and that threatens me. Who do you like better? Pick Nia. Three, two, one. Probably Taylor Swift, to be honest. You're wrong. You're oh, wrong. oh, it's Katy Perry. Oh, okay, okay. Are we going to have a rivalry now? I think we're, we're part rivals. of it. Me and my Swifties and you and your... What are the gay Perry's called? Perry heads. <laughs> was it? Yeah, something like that. Okay, sure. <laughs> Probably was it. <laughs> I think it was like cat something. Like cattens or something. I don't know. I think it was no, cattens. Don't like that. Come, come <laughs> over Swifties. We've got a good name. What about Perry Berries? Hey, that's pretty good. You should, you should go in and... Right. and Pitch that to them. Pitch that to Katy Perry. She's doing menu logs now. Menu log ads now. Of course, she hasn't got much going. <laughs> well, Taylor's obviously she's winning that side, of it, isn't she? She's still relevant these days in terms of. Is she? Well, there's albums in lockdown. Whatever. Of course, you'd say that. <laughs> like Taylor Swift fan, non-stop. That's I, all I hear I, about. I don't. Don't. I don't love her. I don't hate her. You know. Yeah. Now this is something where people you look up rivalries famous rivalries often they're talking about feuds right and i think a rivalry can become a feud but i don't think every feud is a rivalry what are your thoughts explain yourself okay. no i'll hear your thoughts first. Okay. what do you mean well i feel like with taylor and Katy perry there's a rivalry there because they're both female pop stars they're fighting over things but also they're pretty much like who's going to be the best pop star right you see people talk about um, Taylor Swift and Kanye West being in a rivalry. Like, I don't think they're really competing. I feel like they had beef. And I feel like they were, had, they traded barbs. They had some fights going on. Were they rivals in any competitive sense? I don't think so. So you think a feud is a rivalry devoid of competition. Is that what you're saying, Lee? I think that is potentially what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I agree. That checks out. 
I think so. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Look at us. <laughs> getting, getting, Look at us validating each other. Getting places. <laughs> um, so they're the types of rivalries. And now I've got some more um, that I'm just going to mention briefly and then sort of finish on, on a big one. Okay. If that's okay with you. Oh, sure. Yeah. We've mentioned sport. It's what rivalries are built on. Um, these ones, I don't know a whole lot about. I know they exist. So I'm just going to list them out there for you. Um, Manchester United, Manchester City, you know, soccer teams being within the same city. Um, Lakers and Celtic over in the basketball and NBA, you know, two of the big franchises. Obviously, they they you know fight each other over over the years. The Red Sox and the Yankees, baseball. Mm. Anything to add there, Classic. Dylan? Um, now it's Back to the Future. So that was in part two. Mm. Yeah, indeed, sure. Uh, it's the the bet Marty puts on, doesn't he? Yes, but he actually wants to put on the almanac. Yeah. Um, Mark the Man Irons gave me a suggestion in this round. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Um, he gave me two words when it came about rivalries: chief and spud. <laughs> Does this what? mean anything to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's he talking about? Chief and spud are the nicknames for two footballers from the nineties. Um, it was Paul the Chief Harrigan and. Mark Spud Carroll, and surprisingly, in in the rugby league context, Dylan, they were both New South Wales players, based in Sydney. So you think maybe a rivalry would come about from being you know, competing each other against each other in said Virgin, right? These are both New South Wales based players. They just hated each other. They just really hated each other. And every time they they played each other, they would go out of their way to bash each other up. And looking back Jesus. at some of the footage now. That'd be sent off within two seconds of the hits they'd they done, right? It just would not be allowed. But back then, it was kind of anything goes. Right. And it, it seemed like it sort of came from nowhere, but it just sort of kept getting worse and worse. Like every time they played each other, they would just get riled up. And it was, it's kind of rare in the team sport context to have a rival in that sense, because normally it's like team-based rather than individually based within a wider environment. But yeah, these two, it was it was on. From the moment they crossed the line, they were at each other. Yeah. Okay. Sounds rough. Chief and Spud. I've got a video in the in the um, in our links about this one, Dylan. They they were talking about their time together. Yeah. Um, so we never found out what where where the beef started. Well, it started. I think they they were playing each other in some reserve grade games, and they just sort of hit each other, and I think it just sort of spun out from there. Just escalated. Yeah. Right. Just, okay. They just dislike each other from the get go. But they're mates now, you know, looking back on their time together, oh. they, 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 they brought each other together. They made an interesting sort of part of football history, you know, by hating each other so much. So that's cool. No, good on them. Um, quick fire round. In business, we've got Apples and Windows and Android phones. Mm, and Pepsi. Mac. Yep, yep. Yep. Um, DC Marvel mentioned oh. in the wider context of the organizations. You've got your games. With Coke and Pepsi. Oh, sorry, go Pepsi, yeah. sorry. Did you ever hear about that um that Space Invaders clone that Coke made? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> they made like this Space Invader clone. I think it was like for a for a business meeting or you know annual data going through or whatever. Hmm. Uh, they just made like this Space Invader clone instead of the Space Invader ships. It was just the name Pepsi over and over again, <laughs> and you had to shoot Pepsi. Jesus. 
And then it was like, no matter what happens, like even if you lose, it just flashes Coke wins at the top. <laughs> Telling Sam that they don't seem to do that sort of stuff anymore, do they? It's kind of like we're all friends and we'll all have like funny, witty Twitter conversations as brands to each other. It's not that bitter, you know? I think probably the most bitter food rivalry these days is probably Hungry Jack's and everyone else. And like just because they yeah. steal other fast food places food ideas it's true shamelessly <laughs> i i saw an ad this afternoon watching the football for hungry like jack's cafe which is just like mick cafe well you know? they also stole the big mac didn't they yeah they stole popcorn chicken i saw that coming yeah. up yeah yeah it's pretty they much mcflurries as storms if you if you see something happening at mcdonald's within a year or two you'll see it at mac at, at hungry jack's Quite cheap with hunties, a different yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Dirty dogs. Uh, so there you go. That that's um some business ones. And obviously you'd find this example in every sort of um big business context. Mm. The last one I want to talk about, Dylan, is, is quite an interesting one. Blondes versus brunettes. <laughs> is this something? Well I know about this. I think it is something, but also it's kind of a menu. It's like a cultural idea more than it probably is born out day to day in mm. blonde-haired women and brunette-haired women, you know? Sure. The basic idea is like, who's better? Women with, with blonde hair or women with um, dark hair? Who's better? Who's prettier? Who's smarter? And so on. Um, there's no real That's winners. Blonde, right? In this sense, is there? No, it's blondes. It's blondes. Oh, okay. Interesting. What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, they're better, aren't they? You've got a preference, they're prettier, I see. They're smarter. Oh, okay. You know. Come off it, mate. Come off it. Sorry for speaking the truth, Lonnie. Well, we'll get into that in a moment. Is there any movies called Legally Brunette? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Checkmate. <laughs> that's right exactly is barbie brunette no she ain't oh, she's been brunette at some points in her life surely no oh, spin-off barbies maybe yeah not, the not, this, not the classic what, what's margot robbie's hair gonna be in this new movie Lonnie? Yeah. tell you what it's not gonna be brunette that's true that's something yeah um that's right as i was saying there's no real winners in this one but there's more of a long-standing feud between you know, these people, and it's just all stereotypes we're dealing with. Um, the most classy example, probably, um, of these blondes and brunettes at each other uh, would be Betty and Veronica from Archie Comics. Oh, classic rivalry. A classic one, right? Um, Absolutely. Another also, love triangle. A love triangle, exactly right. Um, and they also, they do sort of fit in with their um, stereotypes for their respective hair colours with you know, Betty... Um, which one's Betty? I think, uh, <laughs> Betty being well, the. I think it's probably. It's probably the other way around. You, you think the blonde would be the seductress and, and the sexy one, and that's kind of what Veronica is. Well, I think Betty's maybe kind of the more. She's more like the preppy lit. sort of, you know, yeah. bright and happy. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Have you watched any of Riverdale? <laughs> no. Shows. <laughs> I've watched... read the OG comics like oh, yeah. an actual Archie fan, Lonnie. Look, I've watched a few that episodes shit, that of... drivel. <laughs> I've watched a few episodes with Sinead, and I was enjoying oh, it, even though it was trash, it. right? And then she was, like, getting really mad at it. She's like, I don't want to watch it anymore. Okay, I'm not going to push it. 
Nah, I probably would like it to be honest. I reckon you would. I like weird batshit crazy stuff. Well, what this um one particular study uh, analyzed though in love triangles on American TV, often it does end up being a, a dark haired woman and a, a lighter haired woman. So there's The Office um, with Jim and Pam and uh, it's Karen for a while. Um, they mentioned happened on Suits with Meghan Markle actually being Meghan Markle being one of them. Dexter sure. apparently. There was that happening, was there? <laughs> yeah, kind of, I guess. There you go. There's, um, with the, yeah, okay, in se- season two, yeah. Mm. He starts falling for his uh, AA sponsor. Right, I see. Yeah. Um, Dynasty was a show back in the um, 80s, still, before our time. Um, but there's apparently a very famous episode where there was a big cat fight between two women. And it's, it oh. went down in, in the annals of TV history, apparently, and it was... Yes! Hot stuff! <laughs> cat fight! Um, <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> <laughs> um, also various times in The Bachelor, it's, it's happened with that. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's, that's just par for course, that sort of thing. It's the whole crux of the show, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I think a lot of it, at least in TV, is just like you want the characters to be distinguish between each other and so an easy way of doing that is having one with dark hair one with light like overall not just necessarily for love triangles but i think but that's how it plays out yeah fair enough now wikipedia our friends tell us that they tell us about some studies that have happened over the years um like white men supposedly prefer blondes over over um, brunettes other studies kind of show the opposite um it's that thing, like, you know, back in our, our principles episode, like, for every study, there's an equal and opposite study. So it kind of depends how you phrase the questions and, and find the data in that sense. Yeah, right. I don't know about you, Dylan. Like, hair color probably isn't top of my list when it comes to rating the opposite sex. <laughs> um, so I, I'd find it hard to, to, to measure that, you know, and especially over a whole population about what the preference is, you know. Like, I think someone's pretty if they're pretty, not necessarily because of their hair color. Um, but there have been a few studies apparently where they found that blondes get more money when they're waiting tables in America. So that's maybe something. Do you have a preference in this? Like you mentioned before, blondes are better, but that was just you being silly. Do you have a particular oh, idea here? Excuse you. No, how dare you? <laughs> was I being silly? Or was I speaking my truth? Okay. For maybe the first time in my life. <laughs> What do you reckon? What do you, or do you, what do you say? What would you say to the researcher if they asked you to rate them? Nah, they're pretty much the same, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I noticed redheads don't get a look in either. So. Yeah, which and they're the best one. By Ooh, the way. Okay. I mean, you you know me. I like I like those like crazy wacky hair colors. I like blue. I like green. I like pink. I like yeah, bright red. Bit of fun. That's what I'm into. Yeah. Yeah. I want to quote directly from Wikipedia here, right? So they, I know it's a long episode, but stay with me. <laughs> I'll try to. A 2012 interview with NBC News, Lisa Walker was a chair of the sociology department at the University of North Carolina. She explained that hair colour absolutely plays a role in the way people are treated and claimed that numerous studies have shown that blonde women were paid higher salaries than other women. And she said, most women would tell you, if asked, that it doesn't matter what your hair colour is, what style your hair is in, they would say, whatever is best for your face. <laughs> I guess they'd say that. Right. Um, okay. But from a very young age, these stereotypes appear 
in cartoons and children's programming, we see the way women are portrayed based on their hair. The associations continue through, through childhood into adulthood. So then, the local NBC News affiliate in Charlotte, North Carolina, tested Wilkes' theory by asking a natural blonde to walk around the Charlotte business area, drop a scarf, and keep going. The volunteer did it 20 times as a blonde, and then 20 times as a brun with a brunette wig. As a blonde, every time she dropped a scarf, a bystander picked it up for her. But when wearing a dark-haired wig, people simply mentioned her scarf was dropped or ignored it completely, only occasionally picking the scarf up for her. Thoughts? Bit rude, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit rude, Dylan. It is a bit rude. You don't condone that, Monty. No. You don't condone mistreatment of brunettes, do you? No, poor brunettes trying to get by in life, you know? I think you're secretly a brunette lover. I, I think you have it in for the blondes. <laughs> I'm sensing a lot of, you know, bias under the surface here. Well, look, Dylan, look, Dylan, look, Dylan. Look, look, Dylan. Explain yourself. Look, Dylan. Sinead has got dark hair, so that's obviously... You know, I've got a I've got a bit of an affinity there. Point in the brunette's favour, isn't it? Um, exactly right. And looking back throughout, you know, certain actresses and certain you know characters in, in film, TV shows that I like, and and, and you know that 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 that, that might have been 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 happening, you know. So, well, when has Christina Ricci ever been blonde? I mean, not often. Not often. And she's our favourite actor of all time. So, another so point in favour. Yeah. Checks out. Um, Emily in Paris, one of my favourite shows. Lily Collins, famously dark-haired. Fair enough. What would you do if Sinead came back from Melbourne blonde? I'd give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, why not, right? (laughs) Why not give it a go? It's worth a try. (laughs) Zoe Deschanel, historically, you know. Hardly ever blonde. She was blonde in Elf, and I think she was blonde ever since. No, I didn't see that. There you go. No, I mean, at the end of the time, saying the hair colour isn't the hugest thing, but, um, you know, we've all got our types, you know. That's true. I think in this, and I, actually I spoke to Sinead about it and she said that growing up she did feel like there was a bit of a, um, you know, something in her mind about blonde women because they always seemed like they were prettier and better and whatever and she had dark hair. But I, I think that speaks to the idea that like maybe it's just a sort of, you know, the grass is always greener. Like if you've got dark sure. hair, you want to have the blonde hair because that seems like that's more attractive when you've got... When you've got blonde hair, you're like, people don't take me seriously. They think I'm just here for my looks. Maybe I should have dark hair and be taken, you know, seen for other things. I wonder, Dylan, maybe it's just like another way that patriarchy makes women hate each other and compete for each other, you know? Hello. Conspiracy theory all that. Mm. My goodness, mm-hmm. Lonnie. You think, you think there's some dirty dealings going on behind the scenes. Okay. I, I think right. society is the problem, basically. Not, not women's hair colour. And you know what? I think the best what? hair colour is the hair colour of the women listening to this podcast. Except like mouse grey hair. Gross. Oh, Ew. 
No, I'm, I'm the right person, Dylan. <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, one last rivalry, though, Dylan. I think it's probably the biggest rivalry of them all. Joe Rogan and I Miss You Man. First us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I had that down as well, actually. <laughs> yes. And look, it's perhaps one-sided, but... Arguably, yeah. We don't think so much yeah. about him. He probably thinks about us all the time. Oh, mate, he keeps getting into our DMs. Yeah. He's just like, boys, mention me on the show more. I'm like, fuck no. off, Joe. No, come on, Joe. you got your own platform, mate. Yeah. You keep trying, one day you'll be like us, okay? That's what we say to him. You yeah. just keep at it, They mate. keep telling us to come over for an interview. I'm like, you know, we don't really feel like it. Yeah. And he's like, you got our own stuff going come on, on, please. And mm. we're like, fine, but if you pay for the tickets. And then he says no. Yeah. Joe, you're a millionaire. Come on, Joe. What's your problem? Yeah, not on, hey? No, I don't like it. Well, one day we'll we'll beat him. <laughs> I feel like we've covered rivalries pretty well doing one of our longest episodes. We didn't go into every single one, but we did most of them, I reckon, in the world. You know what? I agree. I think it's a, a decent, decent group of rivals we talked about today. Did and who you... knows? We might come back in the future. Never say never, right? We might. We might find. We might you know, find some ones to sort of narrow in on potentially. Would you yeah. recommend getting a rival? No, it's a very frustrating experience. Mm. To be honest, yeah, it doesn't do anything good for you. Maybe it, a friendly rival, if anything. A friendly one potentially. It is. It's pretty much inviting someone else into your brain and just keeping them there, isn't it? That's what the rivalry yeah. does. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, a friendly rivalry is probably the healthiest you could do if you're yeah. going to do one. Yeah, and if you you know what's better than being a rival, being a friend, you know. Oh, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Garden yeah. girls, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, Dylan. Our next segment, I believe, is called "Get Amongst It." Get amongst it. What's it about again? It's about getting amongst something <laughs> I mean, that the person recommends. It's very true. Did you want to leave, Dave? Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> no, I'm just excited. What do you what does she want to get amongst this week? Very quickly, Dylan. I haven't read Law yet, but I've been reading Batman White Knight. I mentioned this to you. And I'm you very much you bought in, it, yeah. Yeah, I bought it down in Canberra when I was down there recently. A bit of a halfway. It's one of the best comics I've read in ages, Dylan. It's really, really good. Sort of a novel take on the Batman mythos. I'm really enjoying it. Why don't you give everyone a little, little, little bit of a rundown of what it's about, Monty? Well, very, very, in brief, right? The Joker gets cured of his particular illness. The Joker's good now. Yeah. And he becomes the white knight that Gotham has always needed. And he begins to point out all the ways that Gotham is falling apart because of the Dark Knight, Batman. Batman. It's a very interesting look at Batman, isn't it? it it's a takedown of him, basically. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and I'm, I, as I said, I haven't finished it all yet, but I just can't. It's almost, it's almost too good. I don't want to read any more of it. You know, I want to spread it out because <laughs> I'm really. You don't want it to it. end. Yeah, but from what I understand, there's been a few books in this sort of universe, so I'm kind of keen to delve deeply into it. You've read them all, or well, the first one at least? No, I've only read I've only read White Knight so far. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I really liked it at the time. I bought yeah. it when it came out. Um, Digitally first. Oh, I was good going on you. week to week. Yeah, sweet yeah. as. Good cool. stuff. Yeah. So that's something I've been really getting into. You know, and that, that's a kind of a, a comic where they're rivals because they're both trying to 
you know, be in charge of the city. Or make Gotham better, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they've, they're going about it very differently. Um, one with fists, one with becoming a politician. So... <laughs> The only two ways. <laughs> That's what I recommend getting amongst this week. Bill, in wrap-up time, what do we normally do in this part of the show? Well, we tell everyone that we're on the socials, which we are. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. every podcast app you can imagine as oof, well. You'll oof. find us there. Yeah. You can't escape us. We're inescapable, Lonnie. You really can't. Um, our other rivals in the podcast world and my other podcast, I Only Like You and Movies. Get amongst them. Bitter rivalry, if anything, <laughs> I think. Uh, that's a movie review podcast, so that's, that's always good fun. Um, Mark the Man did our theme song, which is great of him. And you can hear that theme song, Dylan, every episode of our show. Got a back catalogue going back years now. It's going to be good stuff to go back in there. If this is your first time um, dipping your toe into the I Miss You Man waters. Yeah, you got, you got plenty of content to consume. Stay away from the first two episodes. We had bad audio, but apart from that, go nuts, I think. I reckon, like, start in the middle and then go back, and then by the time we get used to us and like us, then you go back to the first couple where the things, we're still working out audio levels and things like that, <laughs> getting the microphone in the right place, uh, you know? I think just jump around at your leisure. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being along today, Dylan and listeners. Had a great <laughs> old time. And, you know, until next time, I miss you, man. I miss you, man. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.